our third uh, part of a four-part series called the Holy Spirit. And what we've been doing is we've been talking about who the Holy Spirit is and what he wants and what he does through us. And then today and so next week, we're going to talk about what he is not. And so it's a very, uh, I've, I've enjoyed uh, teaching this series. It's actually more of a teaching than a preaching series. But with uh, kind of the shift in the church, there's such a, uh, not controversy, but there's a lot of kind of what ifs about the Holy Spirit. And my prayer uh, for you guys is hopefully we can clear some of these things up and talk about what exactly, who he is and what he does. And you can catch up on the series at our website, therocknp.com. All our, our sermons are recorded, so you can catch up on there. But the first week we talked about who the Holy Spirit is, and we looked at two names for him. Do you guys remember the two names? Ruach and Numa. One is Hebrew, Ruach, and Numa is Greek, both meaning a powerful wind. And it's not just talking about a wind like what we had, you know, last night before the little storm came, or what we have in the um, kind of spring and summer seasons, but we're talking about, it, it's this power. It translates down to that one word, power. And so the Holy Spirit, He comes with power, and since He comes with power, we, we are a Pentecostal church, and so we have this thing called the Day of Pentecost. Uh, if you guys read about that, where the disciples were in the room, and they're waiting, and it says that the Holy Spirit came down and immersed them. Uh, we, we celebrate that, and because of that immersion, not only does the Holy Spirit come with power, but He wants to work in us and through us with that very same power that Jesus had, amen? And so that is what we talked about week one. Uh, two weeks ago, we talked about since the Holy Spirit comes with power, what does that power do exactly? If you took notes, we know that the Holy Spirit gives us power to do quite a lot, actually. Uh, but some of the major ones is that the Holy Spirit gives you power to share Christ boldly, to have hope in a hopeless situation, and to do things that are actually beyond yourself and give you strength when you are at your weakest, that's what the Holy Spirit does. And there's a plethora of a whole bunch of other things that he can do. But those are the main things that if you read uh, the early church in the book of Acts, we see the work of the Holy Spirit. Those are the main things that we see. And so today we're actually going to be talking about spiritual gifts. And so uh, maybe you're new to our church this morning. and You came from more of a conservative background, from a mainline denomination. Um, I, want, I want you to kind of tune in with us uh, right through the next moments with us. Keep your hearts and your ears open and just hear what I have to say. Uh, I put a disclaimer out there a couple weeks ago. Everything that I preach about the Holy Spirit is biblical. I, I, I'll have scripture for absolutely everything. Uh, I don't talk about um, experiences or what uh, maybe Pentecostal beliefs are, but there's no scripture to back it up. I go by scripture because I believe the Bible is all truth. Amen? Amen, church? And so that's what we're going to go by. So today we are going to talk about spiritual gifts, uh, these gifts that we read in Scripture that the Holy Spirit wishes for us and wants us to have. And next week, tune in next week, we'll wrap this up, and we'll talk about some common myths of the Holy Spirit and cle uh, clear those up. But today, if you want to open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, that's where we're going to be camping out today. Uh, if you don't have your Bibles, don't worry. Uh, download the Bible app, um, or you can go into worship guide notes or on the screens behind me. Uh, but this discussion on the spiritual gifts can be a heated one for some people. I don't know why. Uh, I think there's a lot of exaggeration for people and for others that they, they just don't want to even go there. Again, maybe you grew up in a conservative church where uh, you talked about Father, right? You, you kind of understood that, God the Father. You can understand that. Uh, we, they talked about Jesus. You understood Jesus because you saw the paintings and kind of what they thought Jesus looked like. And so you could wrap your head around those two uh, deities, but to, to think about the Holy Spirit, maybe they didn't teach about that. Or maybe they mentioned that third trinity and they're saying, you know what, um, that's who he is, but we're going to kind of put him over here in a box and maybe you never heard about him. I talked about in the first sermon that there has been the shift in the church culture talking about the Holy Spirit. We have this sect of church that never talks about him and only talk about Jesus and God the Father. Whenever the Holy Spirit comes up, you maybe think of a picture of a group of people in a small, little, hot, sweaty church and they're snake handling and swinging from the chandeliers. And uh, again, we locked up our snakes for you this morning, um, so you don't have to worry about that. We're going to do that now. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Maybe. Come next week, we'll find out. No. But, but, but maybe that's what you think about, and so you kind of go to that extreme, and so you're saying, you know what, uh, that's weird, and I don't want that, so I'm going to stay right here. And then maybe there's some of us, we grew up in a charismatic church, and you kind of grew up with the holy rollers, and uh, people being, you know, passing out in the Holy Ghost, and all those things, and they use that term, Holy Ghost, and a really raspy voice, the Holy Ghost, like, kind of like that type deal. Maybe, I, I don't know where you grew up, but today, it's, it's kind of those two dramatic areas in church. You have people who don't talk 
talk about who the Holy Spirit is and people who are just super, 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 super duper, ooper duper in the Holy Spirit. But I want to talk to you about this morning that it's a shame that people ignore him, but it's also a shame there are some churches that misrepresent who he is. And today, I want you to leave knowing who the Holy Spirit is, what he wants for you, and what he wants to do in your life, and the fact that there are gifts and giftings that he wants you to operate in. And a lot for us, maybe we tend to be on either side of this thinking, like, like my prayer for you today is that you would set aside both of those sides and hear me over the next few moments and see what is said. Growing up, uh, I did grow up in a charismatic church, and I've seen a lot of great things happen and really see the Holy Spirit move. The, uh, kind of talk about the Holy Rollers and other things. I grew up in that church. And I've seen a lot, a lot of great things. I mean, there were some services that people said it was the Holy Spirit, and I, I didn't agree with. But there's some been amazing things in the church upbringing that I knew without a doubt it had to be the Holy Spirit. I knew without a doubt it had to be the Holy. Just a random story. I remember growing up and with a closed group of friends that I hung out with, and we went to an event at my church, and this evangelist came and spoke, and me and my uh, two friends were kind of sitting up in the front, and we were expected to be there because my dad was part of the elder group, and so you know if you grew up in church, we call them church rats. Um, I was one of them, and so we so we were expected to be there. I'm like, Dad, I don't want to be there. I'm like, you know, I'm in junior high, and I got a million things. I mean, this is back when like you know uh, you know Nintendo Wii came out. Um, that was a long time. Seems like a long time ago. It wasn't really that. But I'm like, like Dad, we could be doing so many different things. Like, I don't want to be there. He says, you're going to be there. So I call up my friend, and I said, hey, let's just go to this, and we'll go. And, you know, it's going to be a short service. Short service meaning, like, two and a half hours long. Um, that's where I grew up in. And so I'm like, we'll go there. And so he's like, okay, we'll go to youth group. Called my friend from the Wesleyan Church. Said, hey, you want to come hang out with us? And we're, at a young age, we had a really big heart of breaking uh, denominational walls. And so we figured, you know, since all our parents are involved in churches, let's start with us. Let's do that. So we went to other churches. So he said, sure, I'll go to your weird Holy Ghost evangelist service, and I'll hang out with you guys. So we go there, and we sit there, and this guy keeps talking and talking and talking. In the middle of his service, he stops and looks towards me and my two friends, and he points at us and says, you are all going to be leading pastors of a church at a very young age. Stops it right there, continues to preach. Weird, right? Weird. Fast forward today, fast forward today, I started pastoring this church at the young age of 23. My one friend is pastoring a church at the young age of, he started at 22 in Utah, in the Mormon capital. And then my other uh, friend is a pastor in a church of a young age in Montana. Didn't even ask what we wanted to do with our life. I mean, maybe I wanted to be a pro football player. He wanted to be the president, and he wanted to do something like scuba diving lessons or something. I don't know. But, but he didn't ask us for permission, saying, what do you want to do when you grew up? But what do you want to do when you become an adult? We didn't have an idea. But for some reason, this guy hit the nail right on the head. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. It's not weird. It's not some weird voodoo. It's, not, it, 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 it's, it's, it's the Holy Spirit. I mean, that, I mean that, that was just one. Here's another uh, random story that happened a, a couple of years ago. I was at a conference with a good friend of mine who was ordained. At the end of the ordination service, we had a chance to give scripture and pray over him. And I went up to my friends, and there were people all around her praying, giving her beautiful scripture, and really kind of made me feel insecure as a really young pastor. And, and so I didn't know what to, what to do, but I didn't feel like I would be a good friend unless I prayed for her. And so I laid my hands on her, and I said, Lord, will you just give me something to say? Like, I, like you had all these pastors who are like, you know, 70, 80, and they know scripture, and I, Lord, will you just speak through me? And so I kind of just began to ramble, and da, 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 and all of a sudden, this message, I felt like I needed to tell her this message. It was like kind of really kind of right, right, right below in my chest, and I'm like, oh, like, like, I need to tell her this, but I don't know what exactly to say, and so I kept praying, and the Lord says, you just need to speak, to speak, to speak. And so I'm like, okay, I'm just going to say something, and to sum it up, because I can't uh, do it word for word, to sum it up, I told her not to pigeonhole yourself in your workplace, because God is going to use you in great ways, which to me as a young pastor, that sounds like a very cliche saying, because Christians say that all the time, right? Like the Lord is going to use you in great ways, and so I'm like, okay, Lord, that was a good cover-up, good job, all right, said something good, we're good to go. Fast forward today, well, let me explain why I was insecure about that. Here's why, and this is why I didn't want to speak, because her boss, who was my previous boss, was praying with her, leading his very successful children's ministry, like 250 kids a Sunday, right? And pretty much what I said to her is saying, don't get used to this work, working for him, leading this very successful children's ministry, because the Lord is going to make you do something better. I was telling her that she was going to quit her job, and I was telling that in front of her boss, 
I didn't want to say that because this boss he had a lot of influence and I was kind of nervous. You know? So now, again, fast forward, she just accepted a position about three months ago to oversee all the children's ministries and all youth ministries in a six-state area. I didn't ask her what she wanted to do. I didn't know that was coming down the pipeline. I didn't foresee in the future, as people talk about prophecies and kind of make it weird, the Holy Spirit just gave me something to say, and I listened. It's the Holy Spirit. And now the reason I tell you these two stories is because these two stories are examples of gifts that the Holy Spirit gives you. Gifts that the Holy Spirit gives you. These are spiritual gifts given to people by God to impact people. If you can write anything down this morning, that would be the thing I want you to write down. The Holy Spirit gives you gifts to impact people. That's why he does it. He gives you gifts to impact people. These are spiritual gifts given to people by God to impact people. Really, gifts that we cannot do by ourselves. You can't muster up enough power in yourself to even kind of do that sort of thing. And if you do that, I would warn you because uh, God will make a mockery of you. It says that in Scripture. But if you listen, you listen to his gifts, the, the amazing things can happen. So what I want to do is I want to start by looking at the definition to what we can use to explain what spiritual gifts and what they're supposed to do. So if you can, no matter what your church background this morning is, clear that slate. Let's start with this definition of this. A spiritual gift is a supernatural ability given to all Christians. All Christians. Underline that. All. I don't care what your denomination is, what your background is. As long as you have a good relationship with Jesus Christ, you have the ability to receive these. To do God's work here on the earth. Spiritual gifts are supernatural abilities given to all Christians to do God's work here on the earth. Remember, we talked about the power of the Holy Spirit when Jesus told his disciples to wait in Jerusalem. You guys remember when we talked about that a couple of weeks ago? And that as soon as he sends into heaven, a few days will pass and the Holy Spirit will come upon you and immerse you. That, that's, that's kind of the little translation of when we said, are you baptized with the Holy Spirit? Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Uh, Jesus used the word immersion. It's where we got our word baptismo, which goes into baptism. And so that is actually what it means, to, to fully immerse you, to fill you up with everything of who you are. And the power of the Holy Spirit comes with the help, with the help that you need to share the gospel. So if you go back to what Jesus says, he says, you know what, I'm going to go, I'm going to send a helper, uh, and when he comes, he's going to fully immerse you, and he's going to help you to, play, to proclaim the gospel in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I think a lot of times we forget that last little part. We, we focus on like, oh, he's going to baptize you and give you the gifts, and that's just going to be great. But there's a really, really big important part to, as to why the Holy Spirit is coming with the gifts that he has. So we can go reach the lost. There's a reason why Jesus put that all together in one statement. We can't leave out a little part of what Jesus said because it's so important. The reason he gives you the gifts that you have today, or maybe you're going to realize the gifts that he's given you, or maybe today you're going to receive the gifts that he's about to give you, they're all true for to reach the people, reach the lost. And the power of the Holy Spirit can come in a form of a gifting that will help you to do that further beyond your own strength. They help you, and if you look at Scripture, it will, help, it will help you and help other people first in the church. You'll see that in Scripture. It'll help you first in the church, and then it'll overflow to the people around you. So I want to look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to start at verse 1 and then jump to verse 4 through 6. We're going to start from the very beginning, and I'm going to do a little teaching this morning. It says this, Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and brothers and sisters... I do not want you to be uninformed. Stop right there. Put your finger right there. That's interesting because there was a study that was done a couple of years ago that says about 80% of Christians have no idea what their spiritual gifts are. 80% of Christians have no idea what their spiritual gifts are. I mean, if I were to ask you right now, if I ask you right, in fact, ask yourself this question, what are your spiritual gifts? What, what are they? Do, do you know what they are? Are you a little kind of, are you uninformed, as Paul says? In fact, some translation says, don't be ignorant of the, of, the, of the Holy Spirit. Don't be ignorant of his giftings. Know what they are. Know what your gifts are. I met with someone last uh, couple weeks ago uh, that I'm kind of mentoring and discipling, and they didn't know what they were. And so they're trying to figure out exactly what, the, what they want to do in life and all those things. And I said, stop, stop, stop. You got to know what your giftings are. 
You've got to know what your giftings are, the, the giftings that Jesus gives you. What are they? Because if you operate in your giftings, you're going to excel in life. But if you try to be something that you're not, that are contrary to your gifts, it's going to feel like you're trudging through the mud. And so I said, you need to know what your giftings are. And Paul is saying right here, he says, don't be uninformed about the spiritual giftings. Don't be ignorant about it. It would be like if my dad gave me gifts, and this gift was a tool that could help me do things better and more efficiently, what if I just took that tool from my dad, put it in the toolbox, and say, thanks, dad? What's the problem with that? I have no idea how the tool works. It's just sitting in the tool chest, and when it comes time for me to use it, I don't know what the tool is. When the occasion rises and I need that special tool, will I know that is the very same tool that my dad wanted me to use in this situation? And that's what Paul is saying. Don't be on the farm. The same thing. Your father in heaven has gifts for you. That they are, in a sense, a tool for you to use in this world. But if you don't use it, leave it in the toolbox. You're going to be uninformed how to use it. You got to read the instruction manual. Guys, I know that's hard. But you have to know. You have to know. Christians all over the world are living like this. They, they, they have a gift from their Father in heaven, but so many times they're uninformed about it, or we just don't know. And this is why Paul's saying, hey guys, don't be uninformed. Let's go ahead and look at verse 4. If you want to clear up the echo just a little bit up there in the sound. Verse 4 says this, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it is in the same God who empowers them all and everyone. What Paul is saying is that the Holy Spirit gives you these gifts, and there are many different kinds of gifts, but even if there's many different kinds of gifts, know that all gifts come from the same Jesus. All gifts come from the same Jesus. Know that all gifts come from the same Jesus, even though that all the different kinds of gifts allows us to do all different kinds of things, and know that they all come from the same God. So he's kind of clearing up a lot of different things. He says, no matter what your gifting is, it's all from Jesus. It's all from Jesus. Carry on to verse 7. It says this, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. What does this mean? It means that the spiritual gifts are given to us so that we can help each other. That's what he's saying. Look at this. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. The reason you have the giftings from the Holy Spirit is so you can help each other not to help yourself. I want to make that very clear. Your gifts that are given by God are for you to help people, not to help yourself. Notice this, church. All the Christians have the ability to receive gifts no matter what they are used for, but no matter what they are useful to the body of Christ and to the world, and all of hell will do anything that he can to convince you to put the gift in the toolbox. He'll try, he'll do anything he can to have it. Why? Why is that? Because the Holy Spirit comes with what? Power. And if this power, if the Holy Spirit gives you a gift, what does that gift hold? Power. And you can bet that gift can change your world if you use it. And the enemy will do anything that he can to make you uninformed, to make you ignorant, to put in the toolbox and just ignore it. Church, today, I want you to know what your spiritual gifting is. But not just to know it, but I want you to use it. I want you to operate it. Don't just ignore it. Don't just put it in the toolbox and forget about it. Use it. So I want to expose you to what Scripture says, what these gifts are, but I want to first tell you what they are not. So let's go and start there. There's a quick kind of rapid fire list. You can see in your worship guide notes and fill in the blanks as we go on. But the first thing that spiritual gifts are not, spiritual gifts are not natural talents. Spiritual gifts are not natural talents. When you are naturally born, you are naturally born with talent. Some examples, if, if you're naturally good with numbers, great. Not a spiritual gift. Thank God, because I don't like numbers. If you're a naturally born singer, it's a natural gift. It just came natural to you, not a spiritual gift. If you're naturally athletic, you're coordinated and excel in those areas, it's a natural gift. It just came naturally to you, not a spiritual gift. Those are natural abilities, not supernatural abilities. 
And it's important because here's what natural abilities do. They help you. Right? You're a good athletic, great. It excels you in athletics. You're a good singer, great. It excels you in singing. But they're not spiritual gifts. They're not spiritual gifts. Let's carry on. Number two. Spiritual gifts are not given to the elite few. Spiritual gifts are not given to the elite few. God will not say, hey, do you know what? I really like these group of Christians over here, so I'm going to give them the gifts, but uh, these group of Christians over here, they have a little bit of work to do, so you guys can sit here and take, have nothing. No gifts for you, all the gifts for you. God doesn't do that. They're not given to the elite few. Amen, church? They're not given to the elite few. Number three, spiritual gifts are not signs of spiritual maturity. You say that one more time. Spiritual gifts are not signs of spiritual maturity. I have seen young, young people being baptized in the Holy Spirit doing incredible things. Are they spiritually mature? Uh, no. I had them in youth group. No. You can't pick your boogers and do that at the same time. <laughs> Happens all the time. But spiritual gifts are not given to those who are only spiritual mature. Don't take signs that, oh, you must be spiritually mature because God has given you a gift. It doesn't work that way. Just because you have a gift that is different from another gift a person may have, that doesn't make you more mature. Sadly, today, even people today, I want to talk about this for a little bit. Today, people elevate certain gifts over another, which is really a shame, which is really a shame because there are so many giftings in the Holy Spirit. And so they say, if you have this spiritual gift, you are super mature, but if you have this spiritual gift, Uh, you'll get there as you get more spiritual mature. It doesn't work like that. The Holy Spirit will give you the giftings that he wants to give you. It's going to work that way. For example, in many churches, the gift of speaking in tongues is for some reason more elevated than all the other gifts. There are people that would ask, hey, are you spirit filled with the evidence of of speaking in tongues? Like those who can't speak in tongues are second class citizens in God's kingdom. And that's not true. There's no scripture that I read that, that says that. Some churches actually believe that the only way to know that you're actually spirit-filled is to speak in tongues. Now, this is going to be a very controversial statement I'm going to say, but since I'm the pastor, I'm going to say it anyways. Uh, I don't believe that to be true. I don't read scripture that says you have to be speaking in tongues to be filled with the Spirit. If you have a scripture, show me. I will change my mind on the spot. But there's so many other giftings that the Holy Spirit can give you Do not elevate one gift as more mature than the other one. I know a lot of wise, gifted leaders that do not speak in tongues. And they're doing way more impact than a lot of those people that are saying, oh, I can speak in tongues. Wave my tongue flag right here. Let that soak in just for a little bit. But spiritual gifts are not a sign of maturity. Number four, spiritual gifts are not fruits of the Spirit. Don't confuse that. I'm just kind of clearing this up just in case for those of you who are uh, maybe just starting to read the Bible. These are two separate different things. The fruits of the Spirit can be found in Galatians 5, and they are, do you guys remember them? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. If you don't know them, don't feel bad. I wrote them down so that I would know them. All right? So, So I wrote them down. But that's what they are. But they're not spiritual gifts. Those are fruits of the Spirit not spiritual gifts. In fact, when you are a Christian and you're filled with God's Spirit, meaning that you're submitting to God's Spirit, you will develop fruits, fruits of the Spirit. And the fruit that will show you because you're submitting to to the Spirit, let me kind of get this all in order here. It means that when a Christian says, I don't have the gift of self-control. That makes no sense. Because the fruits of the Spirit means that when you're walking hand in hand with His Spirit, with Jesus Christ, those fruits should naturally come. Yeah. It's not a gift. Right. It's what's, it's, that's what's supposed to happen when you're a Christian. I don't have the gift of faithfulness. Ah, it's not a gift. It's just what's supposed to naturally happen when you are walking according to God. If you're not, that is the sign of spiritual maturity and not spiritual maturity. So that's what those are. All believers should be showing the fruits of the Spirit, but not all believers have the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Two very different things. Number five, the spiritual gifts, they're not something you should fear. Spiritual gifts, they're not something you should fear. Now, this is something I want us to chew on because no matter where you come from or your background, I want you to know that spiritual gifts are not something you should be scared of or to run away from or to lock in a box and leave it and just ignore it. 
You should know what they are. God works in many, many mysterious ways, and some of which make no sense to you or me. But guess what? That's okay. It's okay. There are times where, 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 where that happens, and Scripture says that we should actually desire spiritual gifts, that we should desire them. That there, that there may be a church where you go, and the preacher is there, and you see some people getting prayed for, and all of a sudden they just fall on the ground. Super weird, right? Right? I've seen it happen. Sometimes for me, it's weird. I'm like, oh man, stand over here. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand it. But just because we don't understand it, don't lock it away. Don't ignore it. Because God works in mysterious ways that are unknown to you. But that is what's so great about our God. You can't figure him out. But on the same hand, don't just say, that is what I saw experienced in the Holy Spirit, so that's how it has to be all the time. That's locking Holy Spirit in a category. Don't do that either. Instead, I would say this, choose the middle ground and be open to whatever he wants to do. Because while that person may work like this, and this person may work like that, he may do something totally different with you. And be open to that. Don't be fearful. Be open to it. Because it's a great thing. There may be a, a place where, where, where you're praying and, and they're um, you know, laying hands on, on, on the sick people and praying. Don't, don't, don't discount that. Don't do that. Maybe you came in this morning and you realize, hey, the person in me is, uh, it seems like they're singing in a different language. Kind of awkward. Um, it's not Spanish. I know that, but I don't know what it is. Um, cuckoo is over there. I'll stay right here. Don't lock it away. Don't, don't discount that. But on the same hand, this is the one I really want to kind of hold on to a little bit, is don't just see the Holy Spirit move that way and just say that's how it has to be the whole time. Spirit's not moving unless someone's on the floor. No. You're not spirit-filled unless you speak in tongues. Uh, I don't know. Don't lock the Holy Spirit in a category. Be open to what he wants to do with each individual. So let's switch gears a little bit because there are two large dominant portions of Scripture that I want to show you. And these are actually, they're not an exhaustive list, but they're a list of spiritual gifts. And so Paul is just trying to make a point here. And I just want to go through these, uh, uh, these Scriptures and kind of just read them verse by verse and explain to what they are. And my prayer for you is, is don't discount this because, again, this is more of a teaching, not a preaching. Um, but I want to show you exactly what Paul is talking about, what the Holy Spirit giftings are. Some of them that we've heard, some of them are like, oh, that sounds super boring. Like, we'll get there. But notice that they're all spiritual gifts, and all spiritual gifts are given to us so that we can go reach the lost and help the church move. So let's go ahead and read this. Romans 12, 6 through 8, but starting on verse 6, it says this. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. Meaning that God has given Christians gifts to do certain things well. All right? Supernatural abilities to do things well in this life. If prophecy in proportion to our faith. What's prophecy? Pro pro prophecy. What's prophecy? Simply meaning to speak on behalf of God. That's what it means. It's not weird. There's no crystal ball. It's not predicting the future. It's, it, it's just speaking on behalf of God. Some people would say, right now what I'm doing is prophetic because I'm speaking on behalf of God. That I, through the week, I've listened to God and what, he, what I feel like he wants to say, and so I get promptings and those things, and I'll preach on those. Some people say, this is prophetic. Some people say, like when I did with my first uh, story when I was praying over my friend, and I say, this is what God is going to use you for. That's prophetic. It's not weird. Don't discount that. But that is a spiritual gift. It could be more direct like that, giving a clear message. But it could be like verse 7. I love this because I think he jumps to two what we would call extremes, but they're not. They're hand in hand. First one is prophecy. Second one is this. He says, if service, then are serving. That's kind of weird. Serving's a spiritual gift? You betcha. It is. Some people, they just excel in it. They just, they serve like they can't serve no more. Some of you love to serve every week. I have someone drop off some sort of food at my house. That's why I have gained weight in the last three, four years here. It doesn't help. And there's a time, and I've learned this, there's a time where like, I was trying to lose weight, and I said, don't give me anything. I'm trying to lose weight. And it's like I crushed their soul. And, there's like, and I'm like, no, no, I don't mean it that way. And I realized, like, okay, this is your gifting. Like, you love to serve people, and this is how you do it. Like, you, you find joy. You're, you're refueled by it, and you do it better than anyone else. It's a spiritual gift. 
serving. Now, when we say you should serve at the Rock Church, and say, oh, I don't have the spiritual gift to serve. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking for those of you just, mean, you're just remarkably good at serving people. You're just you're there, Johnny, on the spot. You're, some of you come through the week. Like We have people um, that clean uh, the children's wing. We have people that come in and help scrub toilets. We have people come in, uh, do our lawn care. Like, like serving, that's their spiritual gift. They love giving back through the act of serving, but they do it really well. That's why Paul says, if service, then in our serving. He carries on and says, then the one who teaches in his teaching, meaning you learn something and you love teaching someone else what you learned. If that is you, maybe that's your spiritual gift. Verse 8, then the one who exhorts in ex- ex- exhortation. This means to encourage people. That's a spiritual gift. If you just love giving people kudos, give, give them encouragement. Your gift is encouraging people. If this is your gift, I would say operate in this all the time. Because we live in a world of discouragement. Encourage people. Just, just let it go and let them know that they're doing a good job. Just encourage them because it goes a long way in this world. But some of you, it, it's a spiritual gift. Uh, I would say my former mentor in Scott's Bluff had this spiritual gift. It was like the littlest things he had a high five over. I'm like, man, I just like, I helped the kid out. And he's like, good job. Like just made a huge like celebration out of it. Or he's like, he's like, dude, that's awesome. Or high fives and just hugs and, and just really, really just, it was chest bumps. It was like, he just, he was good at like just encouraging me. It made me feel like my smallest act would made the biggest difference in heaven. It's a spiritual gift. Encur- excuse me, encouragement. I love this one. Uh, then the one who contributes, then do it in generosity. Some of you are just super generous with your time. Again, for those of you who come in and just volunteer, I, I, I have a lady here who, um, I call her my administrative assistant, but I don't pay her. And it's not because I don't want to pay her, it's just, you know, we're not there yet to pay her. And I don't think I, even if I could pay her, she would take the money anyways. But she just comes in and she works a full, like, 40, 50-hour week, and then she comes and balances the books and does this. And so she works clear till midnight, and, like, we'll go on our drives, try and get her kids to sleep 10 o'clock at night, and here she is with her car out there just working. And she just donates her time. But she loves it, quiet, because she's generous with her time. That, that's how that works. Uh, now, giving tithes and offering, that, that, that's what the Bible instructs us to do. But to give beyond that, that's the gift of generosity. My mom, I was talking with my mom uh, when she was here to sing our new one, and uh, she was talking about all these people that she, she supports. She, she not only supports our church, but a church up in Sturgis. Uh, and then she has like five, like, um, those support children and she told me that, you know, she supports all these people with, like, the same amount. And I'm not going to give you the amount, but I know what they are because she helps us out. And I'm like, man, like, mom, like, that's, like, 20, 25%, like, of your income. And she's like, yeah, just, but, but I love doing it. In fact, my, my, I feel like my dad has to, like, hold her back a little bit because if she could, she'd just give it all away. <laughs> but it's a spiritual gift, the gift of generosity. Some of you have the gift of generosity. I, I've seen it. We, we had a person that came in, and uh, last year I went to Israel, and my wife really wanted to come, but we were bummed out because we only going forward to us. And this person just came out, says, do you know what? I'll write her a check to do it. I'm like, what? what? Let me tell you what the amount is before you write. It doesn't matter. I'll just write it. She got sent to Israel. Gift of generosity. It's a spiritual gift. If that is your gift, operate in it. But he goes on, he says, then the one who leads, lead with zeal. Some of you are gifted leaders, but this one's interesting because you have this gift, but you tuck it away in the toolbox and it goes unused. There are more leaders in this church than I know what to do with, but you have to realize that you're gifting. And I'm just waiting for you to have that aha moment because he's calling you to lead. For some reason, you're locking it away or you're ignoring it, or maybe you try it out one time and you failed and you're scared to do it again. But maybe you're a gifted leader. Don't use it. Don't tuck it away. Then the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. This is one that you just feel for people and your heart breaks for them. This is not my spiritual gift. I'm more leadership type A and more like pull up you know, by the bootstraps and get going there, Johnny, and you know, kind of that. But, but there's some people, even on my leadership team, that they just, their heart just breaks. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like you're just babying them. What are you doing? And, and, and it's not that. What it is is that their gift is the gift of mercy. That they can, they can empathize and say, I know how you feel. I've been where you've been. And man, like when you cry, I cry. And it's just, it's just, it's just, ah, ah. And they, and they can, they do a lot of great ministry with that person. 
It's the gift of mercy. If that is your gifting, operate in it. So how do you know, this is just one list, but how do you know what is your gifting? I found this, a uh, pastor uh, told this, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to steal it actually. Um, but it's called the apple pie example, and I'm going to show you what, what, how it works. A guy, you're at a table, right? A guy spills his apple pie on his lap. What do you do? What you do next can maybe help you find out your spiritual gift. I could have told you that had have happened. If that, you're like, you're sitting there, like, dude, I could have told you, like, you would have spilled that. I saw you eating the way that you're eating the apple pie. It was just stupid. Like, why are you doing that way? Like, it fell in your lap. That's prophecy. That's prophecy. All right. Or maybe you're saying, oh, man, just let me help you clean that up. Uh, serving. Let me help you. Uh, you know what? I can show you a better way to eat that pie. If you get this size of fork and this plate, and if you scoot up a little bit closer to the table, like you'll be, oh, man, I learned it that way. I haven't had a pie spill my lap since. That's teaching. That's teaching. Maybe you say, oh, hey, it, it's okay. It, it, it's, you'll get it next time. It's no biggie. Uh, you, you're doing you're doing a good job. It's okay. Take that next bite. Good job. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, encouragement. That's encouragement. Maybe you say, you know what? I'll buy you another slice. In fact, slices of pie for everyone around the table. Generosity. That, that's generosity. Maybe you take charge and you're saying, you know what? Uh, you go grab another apple pie. You go grab the mop. You get the vacuum. We'll start cleaning this up. You get him a change of shirt. That, that's leadership. That, that's leadership. Or maybe you're saying, man, when, you, when I saw you, like, you dropped that pie, and as I was falling, like, oh, I was just crying before you were even crying, and, like, I could just feel, and, like, oh, man, like, I'm just melting right now. I don't know. It's okay, though. We'll cry together. We'll get through this together. Uh, that's act of mercy. That, that's what that is. So that's not, like, that's not, <laughs> that was not biblical at all, but it was funny. And so, but if the, what you do naturally kind of in that, in your spiritual gifts, that will help you know what it is. That'll help you what it is. But that's just one section. I want to go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 7 through 11. And so many of us, we don't know what our giftings are, or maybe you do, and they go unused. Today, guys, I want you to use them. I want you to use them. So here's what this one, again, going by verse by verse, we're going to do something here in a little bit. This is just one list, uh, and so let's just check it out. Verse 7 says this, To each is given the manifestation of the Holy Spirit for the common good. I love this because, you know what the first portion that we read? Same thing, right? It's to help people. But verse 8 says this, For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. Some of you, you are just great at giving advice. Like, you are just so good at, at just giving wisdom. Like, like, you can pull just Bible scripture that you just read, like, years ago to help someone out. Or, man, you're just, you're super good at counseling people, helping through them a really hard time. Uh, that's a spiritual gift. That's a spiritual gift. Uh, if this is you, uh, I would say you should be mentoring someone. Again, maybe leading a community group. Uh, think about counseling someone during a really difficult time. Operate in that gift. Verse 9 says, to another faith by the same spirit, another gifts of healing by one spirit. The gift of faith and healing. The gift of faith is that you just totally rely on God no matter what happens. This one, to be transparent, I'm a little weak in this one, right? Good luck, I'm your pastor. So, uh, <laughs> but, but this one is like, man, like as a big obstacle comes, you're just, man, it doesn't matter. Like God's going to move that mountain and it's going to be awesome. I know what the bank account looks like, but God's not held bad by bank accounts. And this is going to be great. And God's going to do a marvelous act of miracles. And you're, you're just, oh, just faith beyond faith. That, that's my wife. She's really good at faith. Me, I'm like, oh, I see the obstacle. Um, you get the jackhammer, you get the tow truck. Uh, we're going to get this moved and we can keep going, going, right? very little faith in that. But that's okay. But some of you, you have the spiritual gift of faith. But then there's also the gift of healing that, that, um, that you just pray for people, and it just, it just seems like they're healed. This one, I, wouldn't, I, I was kind of tenant, kind of hesitant uh, when I first came here. Pastor, I'm like, man, is this like my gifting? I don't know. But it just seemed like every time someone came down and I prayed for them, like there's a, a gal that came down and prayed for her shoulder, had to get surgery, uh, had like uh, some like weird arthritis problems going in it. And I prayed for her and all of a sudden her back just like, just like heated up and it was so intense. And first I'm like, like, like you got a heat pad back there? What's going on? And I just kind of ignored it, went on the rest of the way. And another person came, told me, says, did you hear what happened to so-and-so's shoulder? I'm like, I, I pray for her shoulder. That's what, did I break it? Like, did I do something? Like, am I in trouble? Am I getting sued right now? And it's like, no, 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 no. Like, it is pain-free. 
Like, like it, it has been gone. Like, she's been struggling with this pain for years, and all of a sudden, it's gone. And she's like, and she just told me, she's not even going to the doctor tomorrow. I'm saying, whoa, hold up, hold up. Go to the doctor, <laughs> all right? And then let's see what happens. Goes to the doctor, doctor says, you had no reason to be here, yeah. right? Healing, right? And I, I, I would even say that, that it, it's a spiritual gift, a gift of healing. And that's happened through multiple times through my family and, and just praying. So I'm not standing up here and saying, if you need healing, come down and buy this, you know, this wet rag and take it to your house and you'll be healed. That's, that's <laughs> don't run the opposite way. Don't go there. But for some of you, it's like when you just pray, it's just like the spirit just moves and everything that was not correct is now correct. You can't explain it. It's because it's a spiritual gift. For some of you, that may be your gifting. If that is it, use it. Verse 10, to another, the working of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, the ability to distinguish between spirits, discernment, to another, various kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues. Are these gifts still available today and still used today? I'm not going to answer that question. Come in until next Tuesday. Uh, next, don't come in Tuesday. I'm not here Tuesday. Come Sunday. We're going to answer that question. Come Sunday. We're going to really talk about, are those gifts still relevant today? For those of you who know me, you already know the answer, but come next Sunday. It's going to be a great Sunday. But Paul ends it this way. Verse 11 says this, all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. What does that mean? It's a very fancy way of saying this. You're going to get what you get and don't throw a fit. The Spirit, he knows what you need in this life. He knows what giftings you are going to need in the things that God has called you to do. And so he is going to give you those gifts. To one, it may be the act of service. To the other, it might be the gift of miracles. The other, it might be in your praying. The other one, it might be in your faith. The other one, it might be in your service. The other one, it might be speaking in tongues. To another, it might be prophecy. But it does not matter who has what because the gifts that are given to you are specifically made for you. So do not neglect those. Do not be uninformed. Do not be ignorant. Don't tuck them away in the toolbox and ignore them. Don't be jealous for another person's gift. Use what he has given you. Because he knows what you need. If it's generosity, do it. Be generous. If it's encouragement, be the most encouraging person out there. Because that is how God designed you. And he's going to give you a gift to do things well. The Holy Spirit is the only one that gives the gifts, and the Holy Spirit is the only one who decides who gets what. So don't be jealous. If this morning you're saying, do you know what? Man, I, I grew up and, um, you know, this is, I'm using this as an example, but like, you know, my husband can speak in tongues, but like, I can't. <sighs> who cares? That, that, that's what was given to me, but for you, do you. Don't be someone that you're not. Be who God has designed you to be. And he's going to do that through spiritual giftings. So for those of you who may be in the first group that I talked about in the beginning of service, saying you don't, you don't know your spiritual gifts, if you ask that question to you, to yourself, and you're thinking, you know, I don't know what my spiritual giftings are, here's a, some good ways for you to find out. All right, these aren't foolproof, but they're a good way. I'm going to try to lead you there because I want you to operate in your spiritual giftings. Because let me tell you, when you operate in your spiritual giftings, everything gets better. Seriously, I'm, I'm not even lying about that. Like, in your marriage, your marriage will get better. Your parenthood, your parenting will get better. In the church, this church will get better. In the community, North Platte will get better. Why? Because people, people are operating within their gifts. That's how it works. So how do you find out? Number one is this. Um, study what the Bible says about gifts. That's super simple. Study what the, I mean, the scriptures that we just had, study what the Bible says about gifts. Learn what scripture says. Study the verse. Don't just read it, but actually uh, just study it. Don't just take my word for it. Read scripture. Don't just say, okay, pastor. No, open up the book. I mean, write these down if you want to look at them. 1 Corinthians 12, what we just read. Romans chapter 12. Ephesians chapter 4. 1 Peter 4. Read those for yourselves and study it. Those are the New Testament scriptures about giftings. Number two, if you need some of those that come to me after service, and I'll get them to you. Number two, ask God what your gifts are. Just ask God. 
And I'm not saying that when you ask God, he's going to be saying, like, Vaughn, your gifting is this. Ta-da! It's like big, shiny. No, no. That may happen awesome. If it does, let me know about it. I want to know. But more times than not, that's not what's going to happen. It's just going to, you're going to make yourself aware that God is going to use you in a certain way. And the more chances than not, it's going to be in your spiritual gifting. So be open to it. But ask God what your spiritual giftings are. Number three, examine what you enjoy and do well. Now, I want to kind of put this with a little tagline. Your natural gifts are not your supernatural gifts. Just because you enjoy doing football and you do it really well, uh, that's just a natural bit. It's not, it's not, it's not a supernatural ability. Um, there was a time when I dropped out of, of college. Uh, I worked dead-end jobs, and I just hated what I did. And uh, my wife knew I was kind of getting depressed and picking up some bad habits. And I was just, ah. Oh, and my wife says, you know what? If you could do anything that you could, that in a perfect world, not held back by degrees or money, like if you could do absolutely anything in this world, what would it be? And right out of the mouth says, I want to be a pastor. Like we knew, like I had a heart for ministry. We love church. But like I knew, like, man, if I could just be in a church, and I don't even have to be a lead pastor, like I could just do anything. I could be a secretary in a church. I would love it because I'm in church doing God's work, and I want to do that. I want to do that full time. Right off the bat, it was like an aha moment. That was my gifting. That was my gifting. And we knew that because looking in the past, I loved leading community groups. I loved leading people. I love creating vision and mission and trying to get people on board. I love seek, uh, searching and seeking the loss on behalf of God and really trying to show them the love of Christ. I loved doing that. But I loved more than anything, I loved teaching other people how to do that, which is essentially what my job is today. I teach you how to do that. I love equipping the saints for ministry. And so I would have to ask you that question. If you don't know what your spiritual giftings are, like if, if you could do anything in this world, and you know without a doubt that you would be excellent at it. And for some reason, you're more excellent at it than other people are, and you, you don't know why, but you know, like, that is your forte. What is it? That very well could be your spiritual gift. Number four, uh, this is kind of an easy one. I did this with the guy that I'm mentoring, is take a spiritual gifts test. There's a lot of them out there. If you go on our website uh, here tomorrow, there will actually be a link in there you can click on. You can take a, it's about 120 question spiritual gift test. Uh, it's not foolproof, uh, but it's a good way to point you in a good direction where your spiritual gifting might be. Now, for those of you saying, you know, I took that, you know, answer five questions and your spiritual gifts test is this. More questions, the better in that area. But figure out what your spiritual gifts are. Number five, and this is one the most important. Do what the Holy Spirit leads you to do. Do what the Holy Spirit leads you to do. There's a, um, a good friend of mine, uh, her spiritual gift is just mercy, mercy upon mercy mer upon mercy. And uh, there was a, a season that we just kind of came out of, and uh, I felt a little, like, a little guilty and a little jealous. I'm like, man, she just goes above and beyond what I could ever do. And I was telling my wife, I'm like, man, like, like I'm just a horrible pastor, right? I'm like, oh, I'm just like, oh, I'm like, I'm not there. Like, I can't cry in front of people. And it's like, I don't just sit there and like, oh, my goodness, you have a sliver in your hand. Let me, I feel for you. I'm like, oh, like, I, that's, that's not me. That's not me. That's not me. And so my wife and I are talking, and finally God just says to me, and he says, you're exactly right. That is not you. That's not what I created you to do. And so do what the Holy Spirit leads you to do. If it is to have mercy for people, do it. It's for you to take leadership, do it. Is it for you to give and beyond in generosity, do it. It's for you to encourage just random people, do it. But do what the Holy Spirit leads you to do. The, uh, this is the most important, I would say the most evident. We talked about how the Holy Spirit can give you promptings or, or you get these urges to do things outside of yourself. And I would say that could very well be your spiritual gift. You see a need and you want to fulfill it. Uh, that's generosity. You see someone hurting and you just want to surround them with love and care. That's mercy. Uh, you have a vision and you want to take people with you and help to see it come to life. That, that's leadership. You, urge, you, you get this urge just to speak into people's life. Uh, that's prophecy. But if you just got this tendency to do things that's beyond yourself, I would say that's your spiritual gift. Now imagine this with me, church. I'm going to wrap up with this. I have three kids, and so I kind of understand the importance of this. But imagine when, if, if, when I created my kids, I had the ability to give them certain gifts to do things well. 
Aspen, my oldest, I, I'm going to give her gifts to make a difference in our family. Micah, my only son, I'm going to give him a, a, a special ability to make an impact in this world. Uh, Brooklyn, even though she's just a newborn, she, she's going to have a special gift to make a difference in her area of influence. Imagine that I did that. But imagine with me that if my kids took these gifts and just put them away. They say, thanks, Dad. The gifts, they're not useful, but they're useless. Because they're not being used. The gifts are useless because they're not being used. I, the Father, have given them gifts to make a difference around the world, but they're useless because they're not being used. They're being ignorant of what I gifted them. Church today, do not be ignorant what your Father in Heaven has given you. Don't ignore it. If you don't know what it is, seek it out. Scripture says you should desire the gifts of the Spirit. Seek them out. Find what they are. If you know what they are, operate in them. It's great. Everything gets better when you do this. Church, do not be uninformed and ignorant of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Your Father in Heaven has created you in a certain way. And with that certain way in which He created you, He has given you spiritual gifts to do things beyond yourself. Use those spiritual giftings. Let me close with this. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. As good stewards of God's varied grace. Who speaks, whoever speaks, as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves, as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. No matter what your gift, no matter what your gifting is, do it and do it well. That's what he's saying. If it's, if it's in serving, be the best at it. If it's in generosity, be the most generous person. If it's in the, in the prophetic, man, you, you just own that. But whatever it is, do it to the full extent. A couple weeks ago, we talked about, he says, you know, the, the mysteries of Christ and how, 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 how long and deep, whatever that is, whatever, how big and deep God is, let that be supplied to you. The same thing is in this situation. There's never a peak in your spiritual gifting. There's always something to be learned, always something to be better at. So do it to the best of your ability, that's what I'm trying to say. Do it to the best of your ability. When you use your gifts, you're not only going to make a difference in his church, but in the world around you, but you're actually glorifying God when you do that. Let me say it this way. If you don't use the gift, you're disrespecting the giver. Let me say that one more time. When you're not using your gift, you're disrespecting the giver. But when you use it and you own it, oh man, that puts, a, that puts a smile on God's face. So use it and be the best at it. Let's pray for a little bit.